Hey, everybody. It's Mike Carlson from Podcast the Ride. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Scott Gairdner. Hello. And Jason Sheridan. Hey. And we've got a little announcement. We sure do. Yep. We're launching our new podcast on an app called Spoke to give Spoke. you three exclusive episodes. Can you believe it? Three. I can't. Yeah. Don't don't believe it, but it's true. Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. Well, how does that work, though? Well, I'm going to explain. The Spoke team handpicks the best moments from tons of podcasts and creates playlists of clips so you can try a bunch of shows out and find something new to love. So they're all grouped by topics or themes is what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for figuring that out. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, you could try like a playlist that's uh, like about music being decoded when it's playlists with clips about unpacking and analyzing and figuring out how people make songs and what. why are they so cool, you know? They also have one uh, called Spoke's Perpetually Single Playlist, dedicated to podcasts about relationships, or lack thereof, in my case. Sure, Jason, don't put yourself down. I want to, I want to, all right. (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things is what we're trying to say, and Spoke has, like, fun exclusive content from Feral, like our podcast. Uh, So you definitely don't want to miss these special episodes. Download Spoke now, free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of Podcast the Ride's exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash podcast the ride. That's the address. Uh, Check it out. Spoke. It's time to spoke. Yeah, we're spoken. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable, you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Thank you for listening. If you like my theme music there, that's a band called Less Blanks. So uh, check that stuff out. Check that stuff out, would you? Um, I've, uh, oh, today, today my guest is, uh, Will Weldon. He's a comedian. He's originally from Canada. Uh, he's a great guy. He's fucking hilarious. And we have a very interesting talk about American versus Canadian politics and other weird, and then we go into a thousand different directions, but, uh, it was really fun and I laughed a lot and that's something I haven't done in a long time on this podcast because I've been so um, prone to the political bullshit that is going on in our country. And frankly, I'm losing my goddamn mind. So uh, last week's conversation, or the, I actually missed a week of the show, uh, but the Ken Vandermark episode, we kind of got away from it and talked about records and music. And um, it's just a nice relief to maybe not focus on it because it's fucking, it's just everywhere. And I inundate myself with with what's going on and I, I'm seriously starting to lose my shit. So uh, for my mental health, I think I need to back the fuck up. I gotta back the fuck up. Um, 
Yeah, so there's that. I wish I could tell you something interesting that's going on in my life, but it's uh it's real boring right now. I mean, I'm a dad, so that there's there's you're always uh you know, you always got something to keep you distracted. I'll tell you that much. Uh <laughs> keep you distracted and I'm yeah. I just, uh, I don't feel cool anymore. Not that I ever felt cool, but like I operate from a different space now as a dad. So, uh, you know, when I would do shows and stuff, it was all just like, all right, drinks and girls, who wants to talk? And now I'm just like, uh, I've got uh, man tits and uh, I'm a square. But I think it, I think being a cool dad is a terrible thing to impose on your kid. Like, it's, uh, you know... Dads should be dopey. Otherwise, the kid has a cool complex, and then he's like, I'll never be cool like my dad. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with that. Thought magic would strike. <laughs> Thought magic would strike, but it didn't. Because, you know, I didn't have... I don't have time to think anymore. I, I have two dogs, a baby, a wife, and a full-time job, and I live in a one-bedroom apartment. And, uh, I, you know, it's always something. Dogs puking, dogs shitting, dogs chewing up something. Baby crying, baby shitting, baby not chewing up anything because she barely has any teeth. See, she does bite us. She does bite us. So anyway, um, listen to my other podcast, uh, After Birth. I do it with my wife, Kelly, and we talk about um, being parents and being crazy people. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and uh, just follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Dwyer at Twitter.com. Thank you. Let's get to this conversation with Will Weldon. And he also wrote that joke. Like, I had the worst parallel thought of all time where I had parallel thought with, like, a moron. A, like, cruel <laughs> moron. So I was like, you keep it. I'm not even going to tell people I also wrote that. See, I'm trying to get back in a stand-up, and I'm writing it, and now it's I'm back to that f- where I've sort of lost my footing. So everything is just like, oh, that's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I told myself I won't come back until I figured, like, did a Sonny Rollins and went to the bridge and figured out a new sound. Mm-hmm. I found the new sound, <laughs> and it's like a guy who doesn't know how to play saxophone. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, oh man, I've been like so, I have never been prolific, but lately I've been like. I consider you prolific. No, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'll write something and then the next day I'm like, I almost said this on stage. Like, the best thing I've come up right now is like, I have a bit where I defend like crossing guards. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This could not be less time. Like I don't know. You're gonna do the the elementary school. Dis- you couldn't yeah. even get that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been. Uh, I can't. I've been trying to like write stuff about being a dad, but like I just want to write horrible things, and then I think people are just gonna fucking hate me. But are we swinging? Is this us just swinging I'm into it? Sure. Okay. All right. I mean, I can edit all this yeah. garbage out. Um. Let's get real political. Because <laughs> I don't think there's enough of that. That's what I've been thinking. My podcast's been political. I'm like, boy, are people got to be fucking tired of that. There's this lady I like. I thought she was a writer, but she wrote... Her name's Brandy Jensen, and she wrote a review of Ivanka Trump's new book for Vice. And uh, But she said 
when she posted the review, she was like, I'm not a writer, but Bradley asked me to write this, so I did. And I was like, I don't know, maybe she's being like self-effacing. But she, a few months ago, she wrote, uh, Twitter is nothing but comedians who think they're journalists and journalists who think they're comedians, and they both suck at it. <laughs> like, that is like every comic. I go on Facebook and I'm like, there are no jokes on here anymore. It's just... I'm guilty of this. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, we all are. I'm like just taking that in going, no wonder why Kyle Kinane stopped following me. Because he did, and it hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's, we've all become, I mean, and there are people, uh, I'll, let me know if the birds cheerfully chirping uh, start to grade on you. <laughs> There's nothing cheery in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I figured, you get those birds to sing mournfully. Um, but, uh um, it's oh, I also see people I used to think were like clever, like reasonable, level-headed people, and they're just like whatever crazy conspiracy. Like I now I so many people I know have now become the type where it's like literally just go to Snopes and it'll save you the effort of this Facebook post. It's amazing to me with all the awareness of bullshit news that everybody's fucking posting it, and I'm like, stop! Like yeah. it's too crucial of a time to be. Dicking around. Yeah, when it'll be like the left of blue dot uh, <laughs> left of blue dot uh, ca, and you're like, this is a Canadian fake news site. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I did, but I was also like post to his uh, win, so to speak. I got, I was just riddled with things. Like I was terrified, and I was just like, I didn't know where to vent. I probably drove a lot of people crazy. <laughs> But then you're thinking, like, you know, I'm thinking, like, oh, my daughter won't have water. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. she's going to be 18 and it, she's going to have to wear, like, a hazmat suit. It's also, like, um, it's also because everyone is doing it. Like, I, I feel like I, people were really on board with me when I went insane when I got divorced because that was just me. Like, people just got to watch me go through that and go crazy. As opposed to this, it's like... People are trying to, like, some people are trying to deal with it in their own way where they're like, I just got to back off and compartmentalize it. And and then they try to just, like, I will just look at Facebook for 10 seconds. And they're like, look at all of these people, like, who are uh, essentially the subtext of what they're writing is, I desperately need Lexapro. Like, just <laughs> post after post of people screaming out for beta blockers. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, did, did you stop following me? No. I stopped. Uh, I stopped. I don't. I'm off Twitter until either politics calm down or the NBA playoffs are over. Because I can do one, but I cannot do both. Do you hate basketball? Or I love basketball oh. too much. And I'm, I'm also like too depressed to. It affects me so. It affects me deeply. I'm a big Toronto Raptors fan, and they suck in the playoffs every year. They, like, embarrass themselves every single year in the playoffs multiple times. Last year, they made the Eastern Conference Finals, in, and I would describe the entire process as humiliating. Like, they made it—they almost made it to the championship round, and they disgraced themselves multiple times along the way. And so, because I'm in such a—because I have, like—I'm so depressed right now, and I'm not getting treatment for it— I will look at them and I will see me 
and I will be like, I'm always going to be a loser because they have always been losers. (laughs) My basketball team is a reflection of my true self. That's how I felt about the Chicago Cubs. Oh, well. Now they won, and I'm broker than I've ever been in my life. (laughs) So the lifelong metaphor doesn't (laughs) exist anymore. That was the success. Chicago sports success will be the worst thing to happen to that city because it will lose 80% of its identity. Yeah, like because well, Boston can still fall back on being like racist dumbasses, <laughs> well, but, Chicago, but Chicago's no more racist than most of the northern United yeah. States. No, if you read about old Chicago, like with Richard J. Daley, Chicago, oh, yeah. it was like this is like fifties, sixties. It was like Alabama racist. Like people oh. are like think of Chicago as this union working. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, they would fucking picket people's homes and like. It's also have, like those unions didn't want black people in them. Like, you can be a union, people are like, oh, hot, you know, unions, progressive politics. It's like, uh, progressive labor <laughs> politics. For the white guy. Yeah, I don't know, a bunch of Polish uh, meatpacking plant workers probably weren't <laughs> like, bring in the blacks and Hispanics. Yeah. It uh, And also Chicago, I mean, has one of the worst mayors in the, I mean, Rahm Emanuel is one of the worst guys who's ever lived yeah, I, it the whole state sucks. We have uh, Rauner for the governor, and he's yeah. like he's he's a Trump light. He's a billionaire businessman. I'm like, when are we gonna? That's the only thing I hope about Trump is like I'm like, well, maybe we'll finally see that businessmen shouldn't run things. Well, this is my new one of the bits I've started trying to work on is about how I think if you have a billion dollars, you deserve to die because it's not <laughs> it's not possible. It is not possible to get a billion dollars like be worth a billion dollars without having committed like a series of unspeakable crimes along the way. Even if they're not technically illegal, they're still by like any, you put even a second of thought into it and you're like, oh, well, you're like a horrible, you're terrible. Like you hoard that money still. It's like, it's like if you have a billion dollars, give half of that away and you're still a rich Filthy rich pig. I mean, I don't even think, uh, I don't even think, but like that's Bill Gates' thing. I think he's leaving his kids all like $10 million <coughs> or something, and the rest of it is supposed to be given away. But I'm still kind of like, yeah, it's not, that's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough for me unless we can beat your dead body with sticks <laughs> outside of your home, you fucking scumbag <laughs> titan of industry. You think his kids are pissed off about $10 million? Oh, I'm sure they're like, my nerd dad hates me. <laughs> But ten, I'd be. I could really. I. I. Yeah, I could take that. <laughs> if I, I told somebody that if I cleared after taxes and commission, because I'm living in a <laughs> a fantasy world where this would still be like entertainment industry, as opposed to like I work in a bank or something. Um, that was somebody. Somebody else. I think it was my friend Krista wrote something about how like. Five years ago, she was like, I'm going to be a writer and like, I'm going to do it. And people are going to be proud of the things I write. And today she's like, Chase Bank seems like a nice place to work. <laughs> I, uh, I've i hit that wall a few times. Oh, oh but um, if, if I cleared after everything four grand a month, oh my God, I'd be the happiest man who ever lived. I got no kids. I got almost no responsibilities. Oh yeah, that's a good... Yeah. But, uh... Once you have kids, like a part of me does... Like, I talk shit about people who are just, like, always trying to make more money. But a part of me is also like, yeah, but if you have kids, like, they're just a catastrophe waiting to happen. Like, 
this where you read it'll be like uh, one day uh, not to stress you out but uh, you <laughs> well, know you're stressed <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, yeah right like I'm gonna be the one to put you over the edge <laughs> but like it'll be like oh my kid was fine and then at six we noticed a bump on their nose and we took them to the uh, doctor and it turned out they had like a crazy like cerebral hemorrhage that uh, has been costing uh, millions of dollars and we hit our cap on our health insurance and, and we're supposed to pay out of pocket and and it's like oh, oh god <laughs> like i have a friend who's who's got their kid was born with this uh I don't know, like they can't eat regular food, so they can only, the only way they can get nutrition is to drink this stuff. <laughs> they drink Soylent? It's they drink your, Soylent. Your friend's lying. It's just product placement. <laughs> you know, my kid's so sick, he can only drink the healthiest thing on earth. Soylent, the beverage that gives you diarrhea. Have you tried it? Oh, my... I heard it's awful. And my, it's... my ex-girlfriend gave me, like, she had like half a week's supply left, um, I've she had a weird relationship with food, and she had uh, half a week supply left because she'd bought it in earnest, but it's disgusting. And she gave it to me as a gag gift for my birthday, and then a few months later, I was so broke, I'd eaten all the. When I'm broke, I go back. I eat like two two eggs and a can of black beans as a meal, and some spinach if there are any greens in my fridge i'll throw those in there too <laughs> and i hit the wall and i was like i get paid in two days i just have to make it two days and i so i just drank the soylent for the next two days and i've never felt worse in my entire life and yeah because there's nothing like solid so it just seems like you're gonna shit out what you kind of put in there oh just but it's like a weird but you'd think that but i'd be like oh my shit is worse than you'd expect like a part of me was like, is this a tearing off lining from my stomach as well? <laughs> it looked like when I hear about the first day of a period with the like uterine lining and like the chunks and shit in it, I was like, oh, it looks like I'm having like a period out of my ass. This stuff is so horrific. <laughs> That's. Uh... But you're also not supposed to chug it. And it's so gross. I would just just chug it back as quick as I could. Yeah, I've I've been broke where I had people ever like give you like a gag gift of food. I think somebody gave me a canned something. It was like canned some kind of weird fruit. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. yeah. And then uh, I ate it right out of the can. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, You're like, you know, it'd be good right now. Cherries and that weird syrup. <laughs> I lived on pancakes for a week. Oh, because it's all I had. I didn't even have syrup. I had <laughs> jelly for part of it, and then I was just eating dried. And I sw- I couldn't eat pancakes for about a decade. I'm not kidding. I could- it took me a long because I was just like I couldn't. Towards the end of the like week, I was just like choking them down, like like-, like somebody just forcing you to blow them. Have you seen re- <laughs> Have you seen review? The Andy Day. I haven't show? seen the last season, but I love oh, that. Yeah, show. the, for, the one genius. where he has to eat the ten uh, pancakes. Oh yeah, I remember watching that and being like, "This is a piece of media that is affecting me so deeply." <laughs> Because I find pancakes so disgusting so quickly. Like, I I love pancakes for, like, three quarters of the first one. And then I'm like, oh, Christ. I have to fucking eat, like, two and a quarter more pancakes or I'm going to look incredibly rude. <laughs> I don't know how you see those guys eat those huge stacks of pancakes. It's just like, what's, do you hate yourself? Yeah. Ugh. Do you just ever never want to shit again? French toast. I can eat tons of French toast, I can eat though. tons of French toast. Any bread. I can eat bread. Yeah. 
That's good. Well, I'm glad we covered that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing. You went, this is because I was like, I had a conversation earlier with a friend of mine who, she lives in BC. Oh, yeah. And she was like. She's talking about Christy Clark? Oh, no. She was just talking about health. Like, oh, I, oh health I think it's really expensive, but she's like, she's like, the one thing I love about living in Canada is the health care. And then you. Uh, you are, just, yeah, you just go. So it's not a, like, because I've had some people be like, it's not as easy as you think. So it gets with like. If you need a checkup, you go. And I think, I'm not sure, when because I haven't lived there for 10 years, but growing up in Alberta, you had a monthly, I think your monthly premium was like 20 bucks. And I think it was just like a little bit of cash to subsidize it. And I think most employers covered it. And it doesn't cover everything because I've had, um, like my aunt had cancer and she had to get a grant to pay for one of her medications and some other people were helping but out. But they help you, right? They don't let yes. you, they don't, they're like, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the thing too. So it's like, if there's an emergency, you go to the front of the list. But like, if you need a hip replacement, yeah, you got to wait. And it's one, there's a brain drain because a lot of the doctors go to the US. And two, it's like, well, healthcare is always rationed. People will be like, oh, the Canadian system's bad because it's rationing care. And it's like, guys, we already ration care. It's just there they ration it on need, which is one of those things where it's like, yeah, doesn't that kind of make sense? That It's the same. You go to the emergency room. If your finger's broken and a guy is shot, they're going to be like, well, we got to see the shot guy first. <laughs> like, that's just the way I think. It's supposed to work, and it's slow and kind of annoying, and some stuff you got to pay for, and also you get stuck. Like, my sister lives in a small town, and she got stuck with a family doctor she hated, and it's hard to change doctors because there aren't, especially if there are even fewer doctors than normal where you live. You can't just be like, I want to go see a different doctor. you got to go see your doctor. Um, typically, like, emergency care is different. And uh, also it doesn't cover dental because my bad experience today was with my dental insurance. I have a dental HMO. Oh, they don't do dental in Canada? You're kind of on your no, own? No, dental's not Does covered. Does it get expensive though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. But then there is stuff like up until 18, uh, plastic surgery is free. What? Yeah, like basic. Like I had a- Oh, like if you like get hit in the face with a pan? Or like my friend had uh, big ears that stuck way out and he got them pinned back for free. Really? Yeah, because he was under 18 and it was the type of thing where he was like, it, it, it's really upsetting to me. Like people make fun of me. I'm pretty sure. Now, this is my other problem. I have my mother's curse where I repeat things I'm like 15% sure about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure because I have a- I have, um, a growth in my face. If you look at my left cheek, I couldn't. I've been closely, looking at it the whole yeah. time. They're so good. There's, a, I, there's like a weird, almost star-shaped scar, and that's because I have a gland in my face that is just filling up with like pus, and it's been doing this for uh, twelve years. And if I, it had started when I was under eighteen, it would have been free to get taken care of. But because I was like nineteen when it started happening, they were like, that's technically plastic surgery. Because it's just, you get a little bump on your face and it gets bigger and then it explodes. So you were not, in a case like that, they were like, you pay for this. Like, you, you pay, it's, you're fine. Like, it's it's some pus. It's like a bump on your cheek. <laughs> Do they charge you a lot for that shit, too? Is that I don't fucking know. <laughs> I didn't do it. I'm a little disturbed about all these Canadian doctors coming down here. You oh, know? yeah. You don't hear 
Donnie Trump fucking yelling about that. Oh, no. There's a terrible brain drain to the U.S. Because you can, like, make more money. And it's also frustrating for doctors in Canada because, like, it sucks that it takes so long. You you feel bad being like, oh, you need a new knee? See you in seven months, friend. Like, that stuff is bad. But it. Um, but then the flip side is when I was in high school, my girlfriend got cancer. And she was, I think, 16. And... Uh, I was under 18. Nobody panicked. And uh, <laughs> that's weird that you had to do it. <laughs> just want to make panicked sure. panicked about this. Want to make sure. <laughs> okay. Well, and actually, at the time, though, the age of consent across the country was 14. Calm down. <laughs> it's been changed. It's not, oh. Yeah. Uh, as just a Dwyer shaped <laughs> hole in my wall as you run to your car. <laughs> it. Because uh, that means 15, not 14. <laughs> no, like, f- 14. And it was like. Uh, it was like a Hawaii situation in the 70s. When did they change that? The, uh, with It was the Harper government changed it to, it's 14 to 16. So like if they're 16, oh, you can be 14, and then it's 16 across the country. See, that's smart to have the sliding scale. It's also, I, I could be wrong, but the country also doesn't do shit like put you on a sex offenders list. Because a 12-year-old took a picture of her butt and sent it to her 12-year-old boyfriend. Like, the two of them, I don't believe Canada has the same thing here. Wait a minute. They, we do that here? Oh, yeah. You're a sex offender if you're, if you're sexting yeah, between Yeah, they, they will put children on sex offender lists for making child pornography. That's fucked up. When, like, a teenager takes a picture of her own boobs. Like, a 15-year-old will take a picture of her boobs, and then she gets put on a sex offender list. And, like, and if it gets, you know, guys like distributed around the school which is bad and there should be consequences but like they'll get put on a sex offender life and be prosecuted for distributing child pornography like this country america america almost should go back to being lawless because it can't use any of its laws properly it doesn't enforce the ones that should be enforced and the ones it does enforce it mainly uses to put like Teens who are sexually active onto watch lists and people of color into prison. Yeah, it's a great place. <laughs> this, oh boy! I mean, it's just—it's so bad. Like I'm like, we're not getting out of this. Don't aren't don't you think it's just going down? I don't see any of this getting better. Oh, it's nuts. It truly, uh, a big part of me is like, it's it's, it's like, gotta be the end of. A part of me is like, I think within 50 to 100 years, it's like, that'll be it for capitalism. And people will be like, can you believe we use that system that was like bad and didn't work? You think this country's going to really be around that long? Huh? No, no. I think people are going to be saying that, not Americans. <laughs> I think whatever, uh, uh, whatever the nine people who survive are calling themselves. I could see the orange, orangey, as I like to call them, just like if he gets cornered on something, just be like, yeah, I go down, you all go down. Click. <laughs> That's my Trump impression, by the way. Yeah. I was down, you all go down. Yeah, that was good. Oh, am I watching Comedy Central's The President Show right now? It was like he was in the room with me here. That guy's impression is pretty good. It's really, really good. It makes you realize how bad Baldwin's is. He's awful. It's really... I loathe Alec Baldwin. This is the other thing is... Now, too, I've always kind of... um, (laughs) I complained about Obama before it was cool. (laughs) But... uh, I do, I'm also completely fed up with the Democrats. That's the other problem is I'm like, what are these idiots going to save us? Like these dumbass fucking morons with no, they have no principles. There's a 
there's an episode of The Simpsons where the one where Bart gets an elephant and it walks through the Democratic National Campaign offices and everyone there is holding signs that say, um, we can't govern, we hate ourselves. And then it walks through the Republican one and it says something like, uh, we hate everybody else, everyone deserves to die. And it, it really is like, it's like one party that seems like it's actively trying to kill me and the other party that wants to negotiate and get the best deal for me to die as moderately painfully as possible. That's a good analogy. They're so bad. Nancy Pelosi right now, where she, the other day she said abortion was, she's like, I think abortion is fading is an issue for the Democratic Party. And it's like, is it fading? Yes, she said that. She's got a, God bless her, but time to, time to pack the bags, lady. Oh, it's, yeah, it's been too, and I, I give, when people, people call it Obamacare, that is Pelosi care. She did all of that work. Barack Obama literally said, I'm going to let Congress fade. He... Fucked up in the beginning because he did not understand the full power of the most that the most popular man in the country who also was the president had because he was really bad with like the bully pulpit. He was bad at being like, this is what we want and we're going to get it. And it like took him a couple years to figure that out. Nancy Pelosi had to round up a bunch of cowards and fuck ups and like miscreants and get them all to vote on a bill that they were all terrified was going to end their career. Like she had to do all of the heavy lifting through that process. Yeah. It's not as bad as everyone keeps spouting though. The economists did a piece about it and they said it, we would stand to save like a trillion dollars. Like it, it was actually going to save us money in the long haul. Obamacare. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the economist isn't some like lefty rag. That's like, Hey, whatever Obama's doing. I uh, mean, I uh, I hate it, but a big reason I hate it is because I've used a system where I can just go to the doctor. Like, the big problem with it is health insurance should not be for profit. It just shouldn't. It's completely unsustainable. The goals of healthcare and the goals of a for-profit industry are totally opposite each other. Like, you don't... If you're trying to get healthy, you can't have the person who is giving you the access to your healthcare doing everything in its power to deny you that access like we when i first got here we had uh mike's wife and i we had traveler's insurance and she had to go and get an mri and she was with blue cross canada the hospital built and hospitals are awful too they would not stop billing blue cross of california and blue cross of california would go she doesn't have an account with us and so they would send us a notice saying they were going to put us through collections. And so we'd call Blue Cross Canada, the Travelers Insurance, and they'd be like, we faxed them. We've called them. All they have to do is just fax us the claim and we'll take care of it. But they won't do it. And I think about that. All, it's the same today. I looked at my the list of provide. I went on my dental HMO's website. I looked at the list of providers. I made an appointment. I went. And then they were like, oh, you've been assigned a provider by your insurer, by your dental HMO. You have to go there. And I was like, so why why is there a list of providers? Why wouldn't they tell me right away you've been – like, it's – it. people think that, like, government is more bureaucratic than business. But, like, big business is just as bureaucratic as big government. It's like the same – it's the same people who don't give a shit about what they're doing. 
Like, and I know about the obstacles of bureaucracy. I know people who work for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Literally, the biggest bureaucracy that could not be less interested in doing its job. And like, it, it just, it, it all, it's like, it makes no sense. There's nothing, they have no, it doesn't seem like anyone in healthcare, aside from the actual doctors and nurses, is interested in getting people healthier. Because also, you'd save a ton of money if you took the profit out of it. You'd even save a ton of money if you created a public option that could then negotiate prices down for everybody. Like the way the government does, like the way the veterans office does with, uh, uh, with pharmaceuticals, they get great rates on pharmaceuticals because they're a giant block purchasing block. So they have a ton of negotiating power, but the rest of like, but other groups won't, they, they don't like, because they're like, well, it's in everybody's interest to just make a ton of money here. I, I don't. I, this could come off as a snarky American thing, but do you? Because I don't. Do you like living here? I, I'm not saying that because you're. No, I know. I'm not saying because I'm no. not that kind of. Because I'm like, uh, I get why you would come here. Here's the thing. I do. Because uh, I also have a million problems with Canada. I'm a negative person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do. Uh, it's weird because I there are. I feel fundamentally, aspects of myself feel fundamentally Canadian. Like, I saw, I watched the newest trailer for Dunkirk that just came out like a week ago, and I started crying because, have you watched it? No, it looks great, though. There's a moment in the trailer where they pull Cillian Murphy out of the water, and he's like, where are we going? And the boat captain, and they're just like, weekend boaters? Because the whole thing with that is... All, the whole British and some Canadian and French troops were stranded in Dunkirk. And not just the British Navy, but a bunch of people with like yachts and just boats. They got a bunch of just private citizens of Britain to sail over to Dunkirk and help ferry the army back to the mainland. So they didn't lose like all 400,000 members of their military over there. And <laughs> watching that trailer when... When he's like, "Where are we? Where are you guys going?" When they pull him out of the water because he's just fled Dunkirk, and the just this man with his boat, he's like, "Oh, we're going to Dunkirk." And Silly Murphy's like, "We can't. I am not going back to Dunkirk." And the guy just goes, "We have a job to do, son." And that made me very emotional because <laughs> it's that core, it's that like core British identity of like, "Well, this is a thing I must do," and it's like, "But you'll die," and you're like, "Counterpoint, it's my job, and I'm supposed to do it." <laughs> But you're not even emotional about it. Well, I don't do that kind of thing. <laughs> but I also don't fit in in Canada because I'm like a loudmouth jerk. And people, like, it re the, the abortion debate in Canada does not really exist. And that's because in, I think, the 70s, the Supreme Court struck the, abor the federal abortion law down as unconstitutional. They were supposed to write a new one. And the conversation made everyone so uncomfortable that they were like, we'll let if the provinces want to regulate it, however, is in their power. OK, but we just won't. We're just not going to because it's it's just too it's too testy. And every, the Harper government multiple times, the conservatives could have taken the liberals out of power 
an election or two before they did, but every time they'd be more popular in the polls, some dumbass conservative member of parliament would be like, we're going to win, and then we're going to reopen the abortion debate. And all of Canada would be like, no, you're not, because now we're going to vote for the terrible liberals again. <laughs> is uh, is Trudeau as great as everybody? No. I didn't think... I mean, but he's, ha- he's just getting away with because he's super handsome. Oh, yeah. Well, and also... People here also don't understand the legacy of the Liberal Party in Canada. Like, so his dad is maybe the most famous prime minister, other than like John A. Macdonald, who was the first one. And, uh, but like, <laughs> the last time the Liberals lost power, it's because hundreds of millions of dollars went missing under their watch. Like, if you're listening and you're like, oh, the Liberal Party, it's great, the left wing, they're like, the center-left party in Canada, and they are insanely corrupt, and they lie. <coughs> Three of his big campaign promises, electoral reform, because they won a majority of seats of par- in Parliament without a majority of the vote. So they were like, we're going to change it so that it's much more representational. Uh, no more omnibus bills, so they weren't just going to drop a huge 800-page bill in parliament they were going to try to do things smaller and work through pieces of it not just drop like at one huge spending bill and they were going to work on uh native canadian rights so on native canadian rights justin trudeau did a tour of reservations where he was like incredibly condescending and mildly racist where he was like eh, yeah young uh natives they don't want more money a lot of them just want uh, space for like their canoes and to play lacrosse and the chiefs were like what what are you saying to us right now they the Indians or Native what do you call them up we there? say natives it's interesting too because here people Indian is like it's you can do Indian or you can get specific it's not like a thing in Canada Indian is like Indian is not super kosher it's to not use kosher here anymore oh is it not I almost anymore? said it accidentally okay I thought you only stopped because I did because I've always found in America it seemed like everyone was more comfortable yeah, not a- not in terms of like like the Cleveland Indians is obviously still a super weird thing to do <laughs> No matter how comfortable people are with the the I th- word, I think Whitey still calls them Indians, but I think uh, I think they are not too fond of it, and I think they would prefer to be referred by their tribe. Oh, not I'm sure by a blanket statement to yeah. make white people feel better about it. Natives are like, uh, I guess, Aboriginals would be. Uh, I think would that be right, or is that like a? I uh, thought that was more of a Australian, Australian. thing. Uh, yeah, I never. I, but see, I'm. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I can't. I'm not sure if Aboriginal is just like. A different word that means the same thing. It's anyway, yeah. We always just say natives in uh, in Canada, especially growing up. But I haven't been back. I also don't like. Uh, I can't remember which tribe because I also grew up. I mean, this is way off tangent, but like in Alberta, I, there was also like a bunch of reservations nearby. So there actually were like I grew up around a lot of natives, and my friends would like drive out to the reservations to buy cheap cigarettes and stuff. Can you booze there? Uh, I they have casinos. <laughs> I don't think they have casinos like they do here. I would love to know the technicalities of who that money actually goes to. I mean, um, I I think that's a a bit of oh here with the casinos. Yeah, because you you go to. I have friends who went to a reservation recently, and they're just like it was fucking terrible. It was like a third world country. Oh yeah, well, and there's some um, the really there, I think this American Life did a story about a tribe that was down to like 18 members or something because they just keep trying to kick people out because that means the remaining members get a bigger cut of the money that the tribe makes from 
their gambling operations. It's really interesting and, it's, and it, corrupt. Yeah, it, it's always fascinating. You hear those stories and you're like, oh, right, people are so bad. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's when it comes down to money, it's never like, all of us, yeah. all of us will benefit. It's like, <sighs> fucking let's start cutting throats. Yes, yes. I mean, if I came into a bunch of money, I'm cutting my wife's throat. <laughs> Keep the baby. She's cute and she could give me new women. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> What? Ugh. Widowed guy walking around with a baby? That oh, I see. Oh, it's not a thing where you're going to reproduce with your daughter for more women. <laughs> no, this isn't the Old Testament. <laughs> yes. Jesus. <laughs> I was wondering why you were Joseph reacting. Fritzl over here. My God. <laughs> I was like, why is he reacting to that so badly? That's, uh, um, oh, and also uh, Justin Trudeau, they're not doing electoral reform. They were like, we'll wait until the next election because it'll continue to benefit them. So he's just... He's enormously full of shit. Is he hated? No, I think they still love him there. It's weird, isn't it? It uh, A part of it, too, is his older brother... I think it was his older brother. The favored Trudeau son died young. Like I think he fell while he was hiking or something. They found his body Sounds in like a river. Justin wanted uh, to get in front of the pack. Well, but that's the thing now. Is it's like, well, the, the, the dumb... It's a little bit like with the Kennedys, where Joe Jr., that was the Kennedy son, but he died in a like test pilot uh, experiment. He was flying like an experimental plane or something, and it crashed. Joe Kennedy's son, John F. Kennedy's older brother, that was the favored son, and so we ended up with like the pussy hound. Yes, <laughs> yeah. We got the coos hound. We got the drunk, <laughs> and the guy who seemed okay. So of course they shot him as soon as possible. <laughs> Uh, yeah, does it, Trudeau makes me think, because this is the kind of thing where I started getting really irritated with Facebook, because I made a simple, dumb joke, mm-hmm. just like... That's not like you. No. Something simple? Come on. <laughs> I find you so layered and complicated. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> just something, if my wife fucked him, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Really dumb. But it was like at the height of some kind of thing. And people had to jump on that bandwagon of like, well, you know, he's not that great. I was like in bed or like as a human, but they're like, well, because of the pipeline and like the pipe, he's a part of the pipeline too. And I'm just like, it's a fucking joke. Can we just let some things be a fucking joke and not even a good joke? Well, that's the other problem too is like, yeah, like you're saying, God forbid someone actually try to return jokes to Facebook. People will be like, I have to take this as seriously as possible. But I do get like that, but... I do it in the privacy of my own brain. I get annoyed. I'm so dumb, but I'm like, I'm like, I don't care for this fetishizing of the prime minister of my home country. Okay, <laughs> we're a layered, complicated people. So once you learn a little bit before you just hop on the Trudeau bandwagon. But yeah, he's not. Uh, I didn't know anything about him. I was just uh, he was handsome and. I mean, but you think my wife swooned a little bit. Your point. Uh, I get that, but even knowing. Even sort of being a bit more in-depth on him than most people, I'd be like, yeah, you fuck him. Well, that's not a policy matter. <laughs> I just, it's that kind of reactionary. And I think it got worse, but in a different way with all this, like, garbage. Because now everyone's reacting to everything and they're not even... It's, uh, fucking hate. I wouldn't, would, I wouldn't be on any of that shit if I didn't have stuff I was trying to promote. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, but then the flip side is I haven't used my Twitter at all and I had... I mean, I had like 12,000 followers and I don't think it's impacted. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's impacted these zero people who come to my shows at yeah. all. A lot of times that was always just for me. It's like, see, I am doing things yeah. that are interesting. But I think that's a weird thing 
quitting has kind of helped me because now I feel worse about myself because I look back like I'm haven't filled in that time with other stuff. And so it's a thing where I'm like, oh, well, this is good because it's making me realize that none of that time on Twitter was actually productive. Like the way to use Twitter productively would be either you go on, you write two or three jokes a day or um, you use it for whatever bit you're using it for. Like the only thing I ever did on Twitter that people liked is when I would go and just retweet people talking about their meetings in L.A. and Hollywood. Uh, just like I t- retweet like 115 people being like, uh, like ooh, sitting by the pool, lots of big meetings in Hollywood later. Like I, that shit is so funny to me. Ugh, it's so be- gross. But that stuff, and people will be like, oh, Will, Will hates meetings. It's like, no, I don't hate meetings. That's the whole thing. I, it, I make fun of it because I live here. So I know we're all constantly going on meetings. Like what is less significant in this town? Like well, I've got a general with uh, an assistant at, uh, you're like, what? <laughs> It's like you're wasted. Like you, people are constantly going on meetings. I here. hated them because every time afterwards, some the, the feed like you'd call for the feedback, and the <sighs> agent would be like, "They loved you." Yes. I was like, "You know what? They've said that every time." Yeah. <laughs> I longed for someone to be like, "He was bad. They hated him." I I, I hate when you know they hated what you wrote, and they're they're like. It's really funny, but it's just not for them. They, oh, but yeah. they think it's great. And it's like, if it's great and funny, then why didn't they buy it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I have the, I had a thing where, man, I had like a whole thing for a long time with MTV. And I think everybody I used to, who like would be involved in this story is gone now. But like at a party in Montreal one year, they're telling me about how much they love me and how close I had gotten to booking so many different things. And I was just like, I was like, it's not a Coen Brothers movie. Like, I'm not flattered to have just been considered. I literally was just looking for money from these jobs. Some of them I was a little worried would ruin my career if I got them. And then after that, I had a lady at this company. She was like, oh, you know, I read your pilot and I really loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. And she was like, how come you haven't sold it yet? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. And I was like, well, it's too bad. You know, you guys, the company you're at, you guys only make features. Otherwise, you could buy it. She was like, no, we make TV. And I was like, what are you making fun of me right now? (laughs) What is this? What's going on? And, uh, oh, but the, and then the last, I'm like, the last pitch I went out on, on this last thing uh, that the guy I'm producing it with and I, we sold, it was the two of us, we would go and pitch, and we pitched it to a uh, uh, certain, uh, we pitched it to TBS, and uh, <laughs> was the last one. And it, immediately, we made a joke as we walked in about how depressed their assistant seemed, because I think it was like a Friday, and we were like, how's it going, man? He was like, oh, you know, hanging in there. Like, he <laughs> just seemed really depressed. <laughs> So we made a joke about it, and they were like, no, he's great. And you could just te- – it was like, uh-oh. Because the whole – this like whole pitch was about how life is bad and I want to die. And and so <laughs> I did every single second of that pitch, every bonus – like because I had a bunch of essentially bonus material for if it was going really well. I had like lots of extra jokes and stuff to flesh it out. 
I did every single second of that pitch just so we could all wallow in what a bad time. <laughs> they hated it to an insane degree. And it was just, and we'd already had a few that had gone well, so I was feeling good. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes it's just nice to luxuriate in the bomb. And if nothing else, maybe at some point they're going to be like, you know what? Right now we are looking for an incredibly depressing comedy. Let's call that guy. <laughs> Who, thank God, our windows don't open because we would have jumped out of them. And uh, and then I was like 90% of the way through it. And the other guy I was going and pitching with, he literally put his hand on my chest and just like just rattled through the rest of it so we could just leave. Did you? Were you driving him crazy? Oh, yeah. He Afterwards, he was like, what were you doing in there? I was like, it was funny. It was going so bad. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, they, they were having a wretched time. They're wretched people. No, I, here's the other thing. Pretty much everybody, there are a few. They're all perfectly nice. Uh, some no, of the some. I'm gonna, <laughs> okay, I mean it's also fair if people don't like them. But I have found people. Um, my and I also. I mean, I don't tend to deal with anybody with any real power, which I think is when people get really bad. But I found the worst thing you can say about a lot of people in this industry is that they are they're afraid. People are like, yo, yeah, always afraid. They are like. Some place, oh, one of the places we pitched, the guy would cover his face to try to pretend like he wasn't laughing at some of the jokes. That's weird. Yeah, like as if they didn't want to give us that power over them. It's weird they play shit. Like you hear all these stories about Lauren Michaels being a dick. He was oh. a dick to me. And it's just like, why are you making this? He's the kind of person where I hear that and I'm like, that's unacceptable to treat people that way. It's insane. Yeah, to make people wait for like three or four hours and all all those stories all that shit it's like it's unnecessary it's sociopathic to behave that way yeah that's it's a, like a mini dictator yeah yeah it's like just cuz he can just to like and it's like it doesn't make make your show better like it's like <laughs> i would say no <laughs> Look, god bless him a lot of talented people have worked on that show but like I've worked in rooms where it's like everybody gets along, everybody laughs, and everyone's like understanding and like not a dick and a conscious of being a normal person. And it's like good Jonah Ray show. That's exactly what that was. It's like we all, it was a lot of fun. I gotta say, the Boston episode of that show, I think, is one of the funniest episodes of any TV show I've ever seen. I think he, that might be one of his. Wait, oh no, he does love it. He does. I thought for a second Jonah didn't like it, but no, he did. Okay, yeah, because I was gonna say. I mean, I really like the show. I'm like, I'm like, it's true. I swear, I'm like this like idiot who's like, when is this CISO show coming back? <laughs> I feel like such a loser. It's back. Oh, is it back now? CISO second it's, uh, came out the fourth, May fourth. Oh, okay. Um, I've never plugged my, uh, my show on here. Uh, my show, Jonah. <laughs> Look, I like it, and it. But I did. But then the flip side is like I. <laughs> at the show I run with some friends one night I did introduce every single comic as you may have seen them on CISO <laughs> <laughs> uh, at CISO again everyone at CISO very nice I will I'll agree to that yeah but th also there's no stakes at CISO like because they don't have to worry about anything at CISO I mean I'm sure they want it to be a hit but it's also like nobody's like you gotta it, you're not like coming into a don like I'm sure when you start working at HBO you're like oh fuck what if I'm the guy who fucks up HBO but at CISO you're like hey let's let's see what we pull off here with this thing see I'd rather work in that venue for the rest of my life yeah. and make a smaller amount of but decent money 
and be like not stressed out. Yeah, you know why? Because we're afraid. Because we're also <laughs> afraid. I am not afraid. Oh, the first time I I'm got horrified. Yeah, the first time, the first time I got representation, you were there. You were an important part of it. I, yeah, yeah, I was on cocaine, <laughs> yes. and it was like five in the morning. You were on cocaine, and you like badgered her into signing me. <laughs> I should have been an agent. I was coked up. I was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, but I woke up the next day insanely depressed because I was like, "There's one more person in my life for me to let down now." That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great and very healthy. Yeah. And I kind of inadvertently, I think, screwed because I later met with this person trying to get representation yeah. when I was in a bad spot. <laughs> and I think, because I think I also hit on them that evening. <laughs> and I, I could tell during the meeting, I was like, oh, this is like what Trump did to uh, <laughs> for Secretary of State. What's his name from Utah? Like he just. Oh, yeah. When he. Yeah. When he just. Uh, yeah. Romney. Yeah. I was just like sitting in the office and talking. I was like, oh, this is revenge. <laughs> this is, uh, and I knew it. And I was like, oh, and I can't, I can't blame you. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know anybody who's like, who's like, you know, it was a great idea. All that cocaine, you know? That's, I have a joke like that. Oh, really? It's like you've never said uh, after a night of doing cocaine, that was a great idea. Yeah, like, it's, uh, I know lots of where, Lots of nights where I'm like, oh, I got so drunk last night, but it was like great and a great. Everybody I know is like, um, well, I won't say their name, but there is one person. I'll say their name as soon as we're done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, uh, it's I, I find that it seems like this is a business filled with well-meaning people who are incredibly afraid because there's such crazy turnover and like nobody knows anything like who well, there's a, but you can test you know NBC said um Animal Hospital was the show it's best testing sitcom of all time Animal Hospital I didn't I don't even know what that is It was a show Bobby Lee was on it as an emasculated Asian veterinarian if you can believe it somebody made Bobby Lee play a racist Asian stereotype <laughs> He's uh god he's so funny and like the, the like parts shows will give him it's like let him let him live you guys for god's sake in something recently that he's pretty good in oh he was great on love love that's yeah. what it was yeah. yeah he played a real person on that show I don't oh that. i thought you had some you look like you got very introspective for a moment i, I did <laughs> I, about my fear <laughs> yeah that's the thing is everybody that's like i don't know we're all socially awkward and because i told jonah once i was like this is like an epiphany. I was like, I think I uh, have like social anxiety. He's like, yeah, we all do. That's why we drink. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that is why I drink. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, uh, just over like the last few years, I've been like, oh, I'm like severely clinically depressed. And it was that thing. And I had a thing too where I would go through. I finally started seeing, I went back to my psychiatrist and I was talking to her and I was like, I think a part of it was one day I like realized I was like, oh, it's like regular people don't think about killing themselves. Like that's not a thing. They just casually are like, yeah, but like what if? <laughs> <laughs> 
They're not like stuck in traffic and they're like, man, if I just rolled my car into oncoming traffic right now, I'd fuck up. I'd die and I'd fuck up everybody's day. The dream way to go out. I have that thought too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is bad. (laughs) I just, I don't even know if mine's, I've thought about it like as a kid, my dad had guns. I was like, what if I shoot myself in the head? Yeah. That's why you don't have guns. That's the other thing with suicide. Most suicide is spur of the moment. Like, that's why when I started going back to my therapist, she was like, I do have to ask, do you have like a big bottle of painkillers? Or I have like, well, I have a very fancy kitchen knife that my roommates aren't allowed to use. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Because I don't think they'll use, I don't think they'll clean it properly afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, and I was like, and I have like a, a fancy dumbass razor I use. But I was like, but yeah, that's not, I'm not doing that. Because I'm still a big puss. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to deal with, I don't want to look at blood for a while. I, if I'm going to do it, yeah. it's... I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's and I, I can't now. I got a kid that screwed up my suicide thoughts. <laughs> it, Who's got time for a murder suicide? You know, I know. I can't kill her. She's too cute. <laughs> that is. That's genuinely a real biological defense mechanism. Like doctor or doctor, but like it's one of those things they've studied, and they're like, being cute exists across pretty much all animals when they're very young because you're at your most defenseless and for whatever reason it makes it makes like especially in people it like makes other animals less likely to be violent towards you but the catch is that it makes a very small percentage of the population more likely to try to have sex with you so that's like the downside to it i must have been an ugly kid because uh, i got beat up a lot <laughs> You just look like a grown man. <laughs> yeah, I just beat I up dress, this very short adult. I dress like a newspaper man. I wear like a long trench coat and a hat. <laughs> Had a cigarette out of the side of my mouth. You're always yelling extra, extra. <laughs> oh, I guess that was the kid. That's it. Would yeah. be a kid thing too. Right, right. Uh, well, let's end on depression and death. That's always a good place. All right. Uh, do you have any things you want to uh, plug? Who you know, like plugging stuff. You know, if uh, if you live in uh, if you live in Los Angeles, every Tuesday. In uh, East Hollywood at the Urban Social House is Fine a Comedy Show, 8 p.m. I run it with Casey Lai, Allison Stevenson, uh, Katie Felber. She's more on the production side. It's a great show. What's this face you're making right oh, now? Oh, I just realized uh, you, you're not on Twitter, so this isn't going to get retweeted and I won't get more followers. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I know multiple people where I've tweeted out, like, this person is great and you should follow them and then they will reply to me with I'm losing followers. Like, really? <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Um, but, uh, and um, I have a podcast called Angry Little Goats that I co-host with Eliza Skinner. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she drives pretty much all the uh, listeners <laughs> to it. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, look, I'm still on Facebook and I think people like me better on Facebook. <laughs> Although now a lot of people on Facebook are mad at me. We didn't get into, like, Russia, but I'm a big, like, calm down about Russia guy. Yeah, let's hear that real quick. It's just people are... Because I'm wound up about it. It's it's clearly not good, but, like, you know, it could be Michael Flip, but this thing where people... The whole idea of, like, Russia hacked the election. They didn't. That implies that they hacked voting booths or polling stations or whatever... So far, it seems like what they did, whether or not they coordinated with Trump, which would be a big deal, any members of his administration who coordinated, that's like a big thing. But like, they, so they hacked the DNC by getting an old man to click on a phishing email. And 
then they released those documents. And they were like bad, but the flip side was they also didn't need them. Like they also just lied about Hillary Clinton too. She was never uh, so I think that impact on the ele- like their overall impact on the election was much lower. And I don't think Russia deserves credit for Trump's win. You don't I, think with the with the bots and all that stuff and they they talk about like um like the sort of fake news operations that are going on i mean the gop has been doing that forever it's just to whatever degree russian intelligence might have been involved they were just i don't know better at it or more efficient at it but i think a lot of that stuff was a smaller i mean this was like a crazy time this was an insane election where a politician who was as establishment as you can get went up against a guy with no uh, political history, obviously tons of personal baggage, but no actual like baggage in any kind of legislature, who also appealed to like racists and white supremacists during, and it's like what we were talking about, things are bad now, and so his opponent's strategy was to be like, let's stay the course, because things are great. I mean, nothing was more infuriated, well, things were more infuriated, but I was incredibly infuriated by the, when they were like, America's already great. It's like, no, it's not. It's awful here. Yeah, that's just playing to like 1950s. Yeah, like sick. How many people are dying of opiate addictions across the Midwest? Like, that's not a great time in a nation's history. (laughs) When you're like, remember the glory days of the opiate epidemic? And um, and the other thing is, they have to be able to. The big thing for me, it's like you have to let them conduct the investigation, and you can't. All these people going into crazy hysterics where they're drawing like graphs on Twitter. And I think it's a bunch of hucksters and frauds and hysterical people who are getting tons of attention because people are afraid and it is making them think they're right. But like so much like that whole dossier that went around forever and it clearly wasn't true. Like. I've read things that said that some of them, the pieces, not uh, who knows about the piss stuff. And yeah, I'm, but I'm, all the crazy shit in it, come on, like that, for when he was like, I'm not getting pissed on, I'm a well-known germaphobe. I remember being like, that's the first clever thing he said, because he's right. That'd be like if you found out like how he the, ma- the, the wasn't It wasn't him getting pissed on, he had hookers piss oh, on each other and he oh, watched. Well, even still, like it'd be like if you were like, oh, you know, Howie Mandel is into shit play. And you'd be like, no, he's not. He can't shake people's hands. I shit on him. <laughs> Yeah, metaphorically you do. <laughs> uh, See, I, th- I th- you miss the glory days when he was blowing up the latex glove. Can I just pop a button because I'm fat? No. If you popped a button, that'd be impressive because your shirt is not buttoned up. <laughs> That's a fat guy. <laughs> uh, that is. All right, let's end there. <laughs> I just think it's important to have patience and let it happen because if you're just screaming about a bunch of things that aren't true, then the optics of it, then the stuff that are true, you can't, people will just be able to ignore them because they'll be like, oh, well, you've been crazy and, and hysterical this entire time. That It's like, That's wa- true. It's like Watergate. Like, Watergate took years. It took years to bring Nixon down. It was like a three-year process or something and it was horrible and it was terrible and it forever undermined this country's faith in its government. Uh, so, uh, I guess that's where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Matt Dwyer. He's a wonderful man. Oh, yeah, good old Matt Dwyer. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Remember, I have that other podcast, Afterbirth, with Kelly Dwyer. <laughs> My daughter's laughing. Hi. Uh, all right, that's it. My daughter laughed, and we're done. Oh
and he goes on stage and he tells his funny jokes. Oh yeah, he tells his funny jokes to all the people. And all the people love to listen to him telling all his funny jokes. Good old Matt Dwyer. Having good conversations with all kinds of people. Lots of interesting people wanna talk to Matt Dwyer. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.